Welcome everyone to this extraordinary meeting of Council. They don't happen very often, so it's uh, (laughs) something to, uh, I wouldn't say celebrate, but it's uh, certainly an interesting subject. Uh, So the agenda to hand, let's see. Yeah. Thank you. So first of all, I welcome uh, members of the public present this afternoon, as well as those people listening on the broadcast of this extraordinary meeting. Uh, I would remind all members, please, to switch on their microphone. It's the way the system works here. The red light comes on when you've got it on. Uh, And switch it off when they finish, because otherwise it confuses the system. Uh, If you do it for about 20 years, you get the hang of it. Uh, For the benefit of those listening, when a vote is taken, I shall state whether it's unanimous or, if close, the numbers for and against. So there are six public speakers... Uh, I guess we should have apologies. That comes next. Okay. Uh, there are six public speakers. Uh, Professor Banadvala, uh, Jonathan Fox, Irene Jones, Edward Gildia, Ray Woodcock, and John Twig. Members are generally, uh, and public speakers, are limited uh, to three minutes apiece, which is not very much. But since... Uh, we have a tight schedule and the maximum time for a council meeting is two hours anyway except for exceptional circumstances I plan to keep fairly close to the normal process so can I invite Professor Banatvala to speak please and Mr Fox to take a seat next door to him please he's the next speaker Professor Banatvala you have three minutes once you're settled Thank you very much. Um, a week ago, the British Medical Journal published a paper saying the WHO report of 2018 on aviation noise is too important to ignore. That was their heading, nothing to do with us. This paper drew attention, firstly, to the, 2000, uh, to the 1999 report from WHO which said paramount in health and development for aviation is the health of the population and that should be considered first and foremost. Special emphasis on risk groups being the young, children, the elderly, the infirm and the socially isolated. They recommended also that those who cause pollution should pay for it. Also, uh, it was recommended by the Department of Health that because there could be a conflict between development, airports and other large organizations, and health, that there should be health impact assessments should be conducted. And this should be independent. There was a health impact assessment conducted for the proposed uh, airport development, which has recently been discussed uh, in this forum. However, it was conducted uh, not independently, Uh, by an environmental firm uh, (coughs) paid for by the airport owners scarcely transparent now just recently 
There's been a second WHO report published uh, in October 2018, a few months ago. It was compiled by leading experts from the world. It took five years to do. Uh, they looked at all the published uh, information, met several times, and came out with proposals. Uh, the proposals, in fact, uh, uh, related mostly to noise. They were relevant not just for Europe, as the first one, but from the other parts of the world, because of the input from Australia, there, from the Far East, and from the Americas. And so it was likely to have a major impact worldwide on aviation and noise. The report reduced the levels of noise to below what they were before. I won't give you the details, but they're quite drastic. And if implemented, you may have a little more sleep undisturbed than you had hitherto, if implemented, but that's up to the aviation industry. They said you must inform communities uh, affected by changes in noise exposure uh, uh, and reduce or re the influence of commercial determinants of health. Um, the recommendations should be incorporated into national policy. Now, what are the adverse effects of noise? There are many, but I'll just concentrate on two. Professor, you're on three minutes. Can you... How many minutes have I got so far? Three minutes. You've, you've used three minutes so far. We well, are I'm going to use another minute, if you don't mind. Uh, the uh, importance is uh, that we now know that it affects children's health and learning if you're near an airport. Secondly, we know that even during sleep there are changes in the cardiovascular system, stress hormones, and can that affect cardiac health, strokes, heart attacks, and so forth. This is new information. The final thing is that for health, the importance now is that local authorities play the key role not like before. Uh, and therefore, it's up to the local authority to ensure, in fact, that they do what they can. We all have a responsibility for our own health. We mustn't be too fat. We mustn't drink too much. We mustn't smoke. Uh, uh, but the environment, the health of the environment, noise and pollution is very much up to us. You lot. Thank you. Thank you very much, Professor. Can I have Jonathan Fox and Irene Jones as separate speakers, please? Would you like me to start or wait till Mrs. Jones sits down? You may start now, please, right. if you've got your microphone on. Thank you. Yeah. Good afternoon. Firstly, I would like to thank the district councillors who submitted the procedural motion at the end of the meeting on the 25th of April. Without their sheer bloody-mindedness and procedural competence, we wouldn't be here today. This Section 106 agreement with Stansted Airport, if passed, would result in the airport making an annual contribution to local good causes, which is less than half the, other, the average for other major UK airports. This vastly inferior scheme, compared to any other major UK airport except for Manchester, would be locked in for 10 years. This proposal indicates that Uttlesford District Council officers were content for Stansted Airport to pay just 0.4 pence per passenger to local good causes when the UK average is more than 1 pence per passenger. 
Similarly, with regard to the proposed sound insulation grant scheme, documentation I have read shows the Stansted SIGS offer to be substantially inferior to the Heathrow offer. I do not know whether this section 106 is legally compliant with the resolution approved by the Planning Committee on November 14th last year. I do know that it sets a very low bar for STAL in comparison to its contemporaries around other UK airports. It was and would surely be morally unacceptable for the Council to speedily push through a mitigation scheme which is clearly inferior to levels of comp compensation that were offered to local communities surrounding most other major airports in the country. In a letter published in the Bishop Stortford Independent before the elections, I wrote, Short-changing Uttlesford residents over this issue, so close to the local elections, isn't something that is likely to play out well in the ballot box. Well, it didn't, and now is the time for a new administration to take a step back and, after reviewing this information at their disposal, to make Stansted Airport think again. I finish my letter by saying that by continuing down this path, both UDC and the airport were displaying a breathtaking lack of respect for the residents of Uttlesford who continue to have their quality of life disproportionately affected as Stansted continues to expand. I sincerely hope that tonight, or this afternoon as it appears, sees the start of a new chapter in the relationship between UDC and the community. One where the impact of expansion on residents is given priority over the commercial interest of Stansted Airport. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Fox. Um, Ms. Jones, uh, and can Edward Gildia please find a seat with a microphone in front of it? Ms. Jones, please. Just a little bit closer to you. Thank you. You have three minutes, thank you. Thank you. I moved into my house in 1977. In 1978, it was proposed that Stansted Airport should expand. Since that time, I have been involved with, first of all, NUIPA and now SSE to try to curtail the unsustainable growth of Stansted Airport. All that time, apart from when this chamber in 2006 unanimously turned down a planning application. All the other planning applications, um, public inquiries, politicians and the aviation industry itself has pushed for the growth of aviation for the economic benefit of the country. We have been left suffering without thought. Every time I've spoken, I have spent several hours trying to prepare something that would make my point succinctly and from the heart. As you will see, I have no written paper in front of me. This week, I sat down to prepare my piece for this afternoon. I could not concentrate on what I wanted to say because of aircraft flying over my house consistently. I sat down quietly for a while and thought, I will just come and speak to you and tell you how I feel. 
The agenda item which we've been told about this week, that there are new material considerations to be thought about, has actually given me some hope. You must take into account the damage that the aviation industry is doing to our planet. Climate change is such a simple way of putting it. It's so passive. We are proposing destroying what we have for our future generations. And the second thing on that new material considerations is, as Professor Banatvala has told you about, the World Health Organization paper on how health is affected by noise. So please, councillors, from now on, we can start to balance the books. Please pay attention to these new material considerations and give us some hope for a better life in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Jones. Uh, Edward Gildia, please. Uh, three minutes. Three minutes. Thank you for convening this meeting. Um, I fully endorse what the Professor have said about health and the, the WHO reports. Um, as a former teacher, I'd also like to draw your attention to the RANCH, the Road, Traffic and Aircraft Noise Exposure and Children's Cognition Report and the Civil Aviation, Civil Aviation Authority study of children aged 9 to 11 years in the aircraft noise and health effects of 2016, which concluded that aircraft noise exposure at schools was significantly associated with poorer recognition memory and conceptual recall Aircraft noise exposure was also associated with poorer reading comprehension and information recall. So I think alongside the health risks, uh, the, the, the 106 proposals should mitigate, fully mitigate and take into account the educational risks associated particularly with the primary schools and the secondary schools in the area. Um, I'm also kind of shocked, I was always shocked to discover a little while ago that the 106 proposals didn't take into account and show any sense of joined up thinking with the local plan and the proposals to develop a garden village just by Little Eastern. Um, it seemed to me that uh, you had an opportunity there, if you're going to have a garden village or any residential um, uh, development there, that there should be a sustainable form of transport to offset what is clearly demonstrably an unsustainable form of transport in aviation. The sustainable form of transport would be the railway. And you've got a railway at Stansted Airport and the Section 106 did not get an agreement that permission would be granted for that line to be extended to any developments there or through to Braintree. So it seems to me that sustainability of transport needs to be thought through in a, in a, a joined up way with any local plan so that Rail transport, which is our only really sustainable form of transport at the moment, could compensate to some degree and mitigate to some degree the increase in unsustainable traffic at the airport. Um, but finally, I would also just like to end on what is our moral and ethical duty to future generations. I have this fear of taking leave of my grandchildren in about 20 years' time when I pop my clogs and being able, not being able to say that I've left you a planet which was anything like as good as the planet I inherited. And I think that is a huge duty that you have 
to be absolutely sure that the mitigations proposed in the section 106 are fully capable of offsetting the impacts of the airport expansion in terms of the health, education and future prospects of generations yet to come. Thank you. Thank you very much. <coughs> Thank you, and a perfect three minutes. Well done. May I have Ray Woodcock, please, and John Twigg, can you find yourself a chair with a microphone? Um, good afternoon. Um, chairman and councillors, I'm Ray Woodcock, a resident of Stanson Mount Fitchett for over 40 years. I hope you will all agree that it is vital to have public trust as um, part of the planning process. There is a long-standing UDC policy that land within Stansted Airport boundary is for airport-related activities only. Officers have been aware for many months that Wren's Kitchens are operating their logistics function from within the airport boundary. Wren's lorries are large HGVs, adding to our already congested highways and increasing roadside pollution levels. Why have not officers taken enforcement action to stop this? Officers now tell us that enforcement action is discretionary and that it's up to officers to decide whether it's in the public interest to enforce a planning condition. But that's not what they said last November when the airport planning application was considered by the then planning committee. They told us that if the quieter Boeing aeroplanes for Ryanair fleet were not delivered on time, a planning condition would, would ground all flights at Stansted Airport. Let me quote from the transcript where an officer is speaking about this. This is dealing with a proper use, a proper breach of planning control, and the issue is they are in breach of that planning control. If necessary, we can have injunctions attached to that to prevent them from carrying on doing that. And it's as simple as that. Stop, that is what it is said. Councillor Lachlan, unfortunately she's not here, um, Councillor Lachlan went on to say, I want to be in on that conversation when MAG says to Michael O'Leary, look here Michael, you can't fly these, these planes of yours, let me know when you're doing that please, I definitely want to be there. Interesting. I think she would have been um, enjoying being a fly on that wall. Last November, this was a hypothetical scenario, but it's now a very likely situation due to the problems with Boeing 737 MAX and the two aircraft crashes that occurred killing hundreds. It was all said that technology would solve all the problems. You're on if, three minutes, sir, three minutes. Uh, uh, just two more sentences. If officers won't take enforcement action against Wren's Kitchens, what chance is there that they will take action against Ryanair? 
At Wednesday's stack meeting, Stansted Airport Consultative Committee meeting, um, growth was mentioned ever so often. Climate, the words climate change were not mentioned once. I leave that with you to consider. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Woodcock. Uh, John Twigg now, please. Again, you have three minutes, sir. Thank you, Chairman. Good afternoon. I'm John Twigg, Planning Director at Stansted. I know a number of you are uncomfortable at the position you find yourselves in, and we, we understand that. And we also understand the strength of feelings amongst local people and their concerns about our growth. But I'd ask you to balance that with the views of over 1,000 local people who supported the application the 12,000 local residents who work at Stansted and their families, the benefits of our expanding route network and the billion pound we generate in the local economy through our supply chain and connecting local businesses to their markets. There is concern about the Section 106 agreement, but the legal position is very clear and is fully set out in your officer's report. It is entirely consistent with the objectively assessed impacts of our application. You have had robust independent assurance on that point. Legally, we have to deliver a mitigation package directly related to our impacts. We have to do enough to mitigate them, but we can't do more. Your officers and legal advisers have confirmed that this is exactly what we have done. And those who seek to challenge any decision are just as likely to attack over provision as they are under provision. I want to remind you we seek no more flights than are currently permitted. We are committed to retaining strict nighttime controls, have promised a smaller noise footprint, and are obliged to deliver sustained long term investment in public transport, plus money for highway improvements, better sound insulation, and community funding. It is also important to put this into context. As a business, we take pride in supporting local communities. And our legal obligations are only one part of our business activity. We do much more voluntarily. The Aerozone, the Airport College, the Training Academy, the 9,000 hours of staff volunteering, our outreach work in schools, the Apprentice Programme, carbon neutrality, no net loss biodiversity strategy, and work to support tourism. These are all part of our ongoing commitment to make Uttlesford a better place to live work and invest. And we want to agree shared objectives and work with you as the new council for the prosperity and success of all your constituents. So finally, I would urge you to reflect very hard upon the officer's reports regarding the council's position, the legal advice you have received and reject the amended motion. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Tweed. Thank you. We are now on Part one of the agenda, public speaking is now finished. So uh, item one of part one is apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Do we have apologies of absence? Chairman. Uh, so we've already received apologies from councillors Caton Eek. Merrifield, Oliver, Reeve and Sell. Any further apologies for absence? Councillor Dean. Yes, sorry. Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Sell are unable to be here. 
declarations of interest? Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, Mr Chairman. Um, uh, member Saffron Walden Town Council and a Cabinet Member for Business Development, um, Investment and the Youth. Okay. And Planning Committee as well. Please. Um, Councillor Taylor, I'm a member... You need, need, your, need your microphone on, please. Councillor Taylor, I'm a member of Stop Stansted Expansion. Thank you. Councillor Dean. Yes, I'm also a member, a long-standing member of Stop Stansted Expansion. I'm also a member of SSE. Councillor Foley. Sir? I'm a member of the Helm Parish Council and also a member of the Planning Committee. Good. Councillor Barker. Uh, Chairman, could I um, declare an interest as a member of Essex County Council who are signatory to this? Thank you. Microphone, please. I'm a member of the Planning Committee. Thank you. I declare a member uh, as being Mr. a member Chairman, of Saffron Warden Town Council. Yes, I can see you. Thank you. Uh, and also uh, a member of the Planning Committee. Councillor, um, apologies, Chair. Um, a member of the Planning Committee. I am, a I am a member of the 100 Parishes Society and I'm also a member of Newport Parish Council. That's Councillor Gerard. Thank you. Sir. Uh, I'm a member of Takeley Parish Council and also on the Planning Committee. Right. Councillor Storer? I'm a member of the Planning Committee, Chairman. Right. Councillor Isham? I'm the Chair of Broxted Parish Council. Right. Yes. Councillor Light? Thank you. A uh, member of Saffron Walden Town Council. Yes, Councillor Lemon. Yes, one I forgot. I am a member of the Hatfield Heath Parish Council. Oh, there's lots more. Oh, um, <coughs> Councillor Isham, we've heard from you already. Sorry, I also should declare I live right under the flight path. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's not a material interest. <laughs> so. And uh, Councillor De Vere? Uh, member of Saffron Walden Town Council as well. It's getting better. Sir? Member of Great Chesterford Parish Council. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt? Member of the Planning Committee. Anybody else? Or more exactly, is there anybody who hasn't spoken yet? Me. Yeah. Councillor Sutton? Uh, you switch your microphone on, please. There we are. A member of SSA and the Planning Good. Uh, I think I've got a good two-thirds of you, so that's quite good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, declarations of interest, we've done that. Uh, code of conduct, yes. Uh, should members have personal or business interests, they should be affected, they may be affected, most people are affected in some way by the outcome of the planning application. So I'm now going to move on to part 2A of the agenda. That is a petition. Uh, it's a stand, it's, the petition is to refer the Stansted Airport Planning application back to the Utterford District Council Planning Committee. Now, this is to be presented, and then the presenter has up to five minutes to speak if they so wish. Is this a scroll of paper or a computer memory stick or what? I've never seen a presentation before. Okay, thank you. Chairman, it's all, it's all electronic these days. <laughs> okay.
Okay. Do, do you wish to speak? Please. Excellent. Five minutes, please. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, Chairman. I have five, five slides, and the first one is in front of you now, summarising that the petition asks for the Stansted Airport Planning application to be put back to the Planning Committee to look at two aspects. Firstly, the adequacy of the Section 106 agreement, and secondly, material changes in circumstances that have happened since November 2018, seven and a half months ago. Um, the petition currently has just about or approaching 1,700 signatures in 17 days. The minimum required is 50, so it's 34 times the minimum. It's almost seven times more than any other petition ever presented to this Council. And SSE, and I should say, Chairman, declare an interest, I'm Deputy Chairman of SSE, um, we haven't even written out to our postal database. We have emailed our members, but not to our postal membership. And of course, only Uttersford residents are allowed to sign this petition. I'm now struggling with the technology. Ben, can you help me here? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to speak about the pros and cons of the planning application today because these are matters for the planning committee. That's the whole point. And in fact, members may recall the officer's report to the April meeting where members were advised to be very cautious, and I'm quoting from the slide, quoting from the paper. Members should be very cautious about bringing planning matters to full council meetings. The determination of planning applications is a complex and technical matter, and for that reason the Council delegates its planning functions to the Planning Committee and to professional officers. Care is taken to ensure that members of the Planning Committee receive full training to allow them to exercise planning powers on behalf of the Council. So that's precisely the point. The planning application should be referred back to the planning committee without any prejudgment as to whether it should then be approved or endorsed or rejected. It's for the planning committee to make those decisions. Next slide, please. Thank you. It's also the correct, not just the correct procedural approach, it's the correct legal approach. And here I'm quoting from Lord Justice Parker, Court of Appeal, in the Kyries versus South Cambridgeshire case, where he says, where the delegated officer who is about to sign the decision notice becomes aware of, or ought reasonably to have become aware of, a new material consideration, section 72, that's of the Town and Country Planning Act, requires that the authority, requires the authority have regard to that consideration before finally determining the application. In such a situation, therefore, the authority of the delegated officer must be such as to require him to refer the matter back to committee for reconsideration in the light of the new consideration. And if he fails to do so, the authority will be in breach of its statutory duty. So the point here really is that officers shouldn't seek to make this decision for themselves. Officers shouldn't seek to circumvent the role of the planning committee by taking it upon themselves to dismiss potential shortcomings in the proposed section 106 or for officers themselves to decide unilaterally that there are no new material considerations or changes in circumstances. These are matters for the planning committee. Next slide, please. 
And, you know, I'm not going to speak, again, I'm not going to speak about the pros and cons of this application, except the principle is a judgment, is a planning balance. You weigh up the pros, you weigh up the cons, and the planning committee is where that should be done. And again, I'm quoting from Lord Justice Parker, the same case, where he says, in my judgment, a consideration is material in this context if it is relevant to the question as to whether the application should be granted or refused. That is to say, if it is a factor which, when placed in the decision-maker's scales, would tip the balance to some extent one way or the other. Next slide, please. We've heard about climate change and WHO. These are the types of issues that have to be considered. And it's important to remember that the decision that was made in November 2018 could not have been more finely balanced. The planning committee split right down the middle, five each. The chairman's additional casting vote carried the day. So what the planning committee has a right to reconsider is, does the section 106 deliver what was expected? Do the new considerations since November 2018 tip the balance? And this time quoting from Jeremy Sullivan, Lord Justice, uh, Justice five Sullivan. Minutes, five minutes. Last slide. He says, while a, mater a material change of circumstances since an earlier decision is capable of being a good reason for a change of mind, it's not the only ground on which a local planning authority may change its mind. And in fact, a change of mind may be justified even though there has been no change of circumstances whatsoever. If the subsequent decision taker considers that a different weight should be given to one or more of the relevant factors, thus causing the balance to be struck against rather than in favour of granting permission. That's the point. Fine, I'll just make a very final point about costs. You are over time, they so work, can you it finish both ways, so far as costs are concerned. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Uh, fine. We should get ourselves a sign that says applause now. Uh, okay, I'm going to move on to item 2B, which is the requisition for extraordinary council meeting, a decision notice. Um, before I move on to the business of this afternoon's meeting, may I remind members that uh, we are not here to deliberate on the merits of the planning application submitted to Stan by Stanford Airport Limited, and which was determined in November of last year. We are confined to the issues raised in the motion before Council and in the amendment circulated. That, that is the purpose of this extraordinary meeting. Uh, our jurisdiction does not extend at this moment beyond that. Thank you. Uh, can I also remind members... I'll try and speak more loudly. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to read that again? Oh dear. Right. right. Before I move on to the business this afternoon's meeting, I remind members that we are not here to deliberate on the merits of the planning application submitted by Stansted Airport Limited. Discussion should be confined to the issues raised by the motion before Council and the amendment circulated. That is the business of this afternoon's meeting. Uh, can I also remind members that your speeches are limited to not longer than five minutes? That's the rules, and we all sign up to them. And I now invite Councillor Lodge to propose his motion as set out in the agenda. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Can you hear me at the back? 
Thank you. Members will remember, and probably a number of the members of the public as well, that on the 25th of April, um, things were uh, in, in a rather different state, possibly, and we then, as the opposition, proposed a motion which was uh, regarding the, the legal advice which we, we wanted to look at prior to um, uh, any further determination or any further work. Things have moved on rather dramatically. However, process demands that we start with this motion. So I'm taking you back to the 25th of April and this, this, this was what we uh, proposed at the end of that meeting. And it was to instruct the Chief Executive and Fellow Officers not to issue the planning decision notice for planning application UT 180460 until members had an opportunity to review and obtain independent legal corroboration that the legal advice provided to officers including the QC opinion referred to by the Leader of the Council on the 9th of April 2019, confirms that the proposed Section 106 agreement with Stansted Airport Limited fully complies with the resolution approved by the Planning Committee on the 14th of November 28, such that officers are lawfully empowered to conclude and seal the agreement without further notice, sorry, without further reference to the Planning Committee. That was where we are at that time. I think, as you will know, uh, matters have moved on and there is likely to be an amendment to, uh, to, to that motion. However, for the time being, I've proposed that as the initial motion. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lodge. Uh, now, does that have a second up? Councillor Lee. Sorry, I don't wish to speak at this time, sir. Okay, thank you. I believe there is an amendment to this motion. Does Councillor Jard wish to, or Councillor Fairhurst? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yes, there is an amendment. I propose an amendment which reads as follows: to, and I quote from here, delete all and replace with. In accordance with Section 72 of the Town and Country Planning Act of 1990, as amended by Section 1432 of the Localism Act of 2011, to instruct the Chief Executive and fellow officers not to issue a planning decision notice for planning application UTT 18-0460-full unless and until the Council's Planning Committee have had sufficient opportunity to consider in detail, as timely as possible, one, the adequacy of the proposed Section 106 agreement between UDC and Stansted Airport Limited, having regard to the heads of terms contained in the resolution approved by Council's Planning Committee on the 14th of November 2018, and two, any new material considerations and or changes in circumstances since 14 November 2018 to which weight may now be given in striking the planning balance or which would reasonably justify attaching a different weight to relevant factors previously considered and thereafter asking the planning committee to determine the authorization of the issue a planning decision notice. Mr. Chairman, that's the amendment I propose. I'd like to talk on that if we find a second. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Joard. Yes, I'm happy to uh, second that, and if I can speak later, please, sir. 
You reserve the right to speak later on. Thank you. So, Councillor Fairhurst, do you wish to speak to that now or later? Happy to speak now, Mr Chairman. Members and friends, we are here not to consider the harms of Stansted Airport in its expansion. We're not actually here to just consider the, the, the pluses, the, the values, the benefits of Stansted Airport in the future. It's not even for us to discuss the process, the planning applica application that went through last year, and we all sweated over many, many evenings to understand in November last year, or to consider how it turned out. That's all history. This is a major application. It might be the biggest application that we as a planning committee will face, or in fact as a council. It deserves and it demands the fullest attention. And that's what we're here for today, because it's about process. Whatever your views are, we come here today initially to consider the, 106, the Section 106 obligations and whether they comply, one, with the law, and two, are adequate sufficiently to mitigate the harms that we perceive possible in this application. That's what we came here for. But it's not our job. It's not the job of this council to make these decisions. There is a planning committee, and that's its job. We have a good planning committee, and hopefully we'll be able to address it if we pass this motion. And it will sit down, and it will read the 13,000-odd pages, and I can assure you there are a lot of them, and it will assess again, not whether the approval was valid or not in November, but firstly, whether the Section 106 obligations, as offered and almost agreed, were one, lawful, and two, met with the minimum requirements to mitigate the harms perceived by that planning committee. If it does, it's achieved their objective. The second thing it has to do, it's its obligation, is to consider any material considerations which might have occurred in the intervening period. It is not for the officer's report to make those decisions. And it's not for us to make those decisions, what is material, what isn't, and what weights should be apportioned to it. It's for the planning committee to do so. So this need not be a very long discussion. We either believe we have a planning committee that can do the job, or we don't. But that's its role. We've been told by the officer that it's his role, and I'm sure that's the case. I don't look forward to going through all those numbers again, but that's its role. So I ask you please to support this, and let's ask our planning committee to do its job properly. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. Uh, Yes, it's now open to debate by councillors. Who else would like to speak to this? Don't all rush at once. Councillor Coote. It's not a, to speak to it, to ask the question, Chair. Um, does the uh, proposer accept the amendment? Does the proposer accept the amendment? We haven't voted on it yet. Yes, it's for the vote. It's, I'm advised it's for the council to vote upon that. <coughs> if there are no speakers to the amendment, ah, yes, Chrisioni, Councillor Chrisioni, please. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, there's nothing like being thrown into the deep end, and this, for many members of the council, including me, is absolutely one of those times. 
the determination of major infrastructure should not lay with any other or this local planning authority. Mr Chairman, that may well be where the problem does lie. However, I'm of the belief that we're in this situation not because of the complexity or the significance of this decision made in November 2018 or the detail of any Section 106 agreement, but because of one particular political party who would rather play political football with significant local issues, not just this one, I, I hasten to add. Instead of following due process, legal advice, the reports of both council officers and independent experts, instead, Mr Chairman, of respecting the decisions of the Planning Committee and the discharge of their duties. I've had conversations with my residents, many of whom work at the airport. I've also sat down, observed and listened to the members who have brought forward this motion. I've read the various statements from the SSE lobby group and I continue to have a lot of sympathy for those residents along the flight paths who predate the commercial activities of the airport that we see today. Above all, Mr Chairman, I have thought about the environmental impact implications of the approved application, an issue very close to my heart and one which I think about every day as a 24-year-old with, I hope, many years to go on this earth. However, the motion before us is not a matter of political opinion nor emotion. It really is about whether we should grant, uh, sorry, it really isn't about whether we should grant a planning consent or not. It is about whether a process for the determination of a planning application has been correctly followed. In this sense, I believe there are a few indisputable facts. Number one, following an extensive period of public consultation, Manchester Airport's group submitted a planning application to Uttlesford District Council, expecting a reasonable period of determination. That application was positively determined in November 2018 by the planning committee of this council, who, at the time, if a majority felt that they did not have the correct information to determine the planning application, could well have deferred it, but did not choose to do so. Since that point, an unprecedented and quite unbelievable level of flip-flopping, dilly-dallying, I sound like a, a Conservative Party leadership candidate there, uh, <laughs> and political manoeuvring by the then opposition and now administration leaves this council in an untenable position, whereby, on one hand, to progress with the signature of the Section 106 agreement and the issue of the decision notice, we face certain legal challenge from SSE. I'm not sure, though, Mr Chairman, that you could blame them. After all, it's my opinion they've been hastily led down the garden path by that same political party to which I alluded just now. On the other, to withhold the permission means a certain appeal challenge by Manchester Airport's group for non-determination. This is absolutely within their rights and, in my opinion, wouldn't be surprising at this stage. It remains my opinion and the opinion of others that we have heard from most, uh, that we have heard from most recently that they would almost definitely win. Therefore, in concluding, I need to ask of members and officers two very key questions. Members, what grounds have we to ignore the overwhelming conclusive evidence and advice of officers and legal advisers, including one of the country's leading barristers in this area, and especially when we are told categorically that nothing has since changed? Members, could we look residents in the eye when this administration decides to use the Strategic Initiative Fund to fight a lengthy legal battle where one is almost certain to lose? Thus, robbing communities, including mine of Flitcherina Little Dunmo, of much-needed funding. It's a key decision tonight, that's for sure, but this is not one of politics nor emotion, but about process. Thank you. 
Thank you, Councillor. Do I have any more speakers? Uh, one moment. Uh, you, you wish to speak, uh, Councillor Judd, at the end, perhaps? Uh, you can speak now if you wish. Which do you prefer? Okay. Okay, I think I also had a speaker from over here, please. Yep. Please, Councillor. I'm sorry, you got your name pad the wrong way around. Taylor. Taylor, thank you. Councillor Taylor. I'm another new one with the name. I know, it's difficult, isn't it? Yes. Mr. Chairman. I think perhaps what we're here to talk about today are possible changes which may have occurred since November 2018, and I hear what previous people have said, and I particularly hear what Councillor Fairhurst has said. Um, I thank people from the uh, public for their thoughtful and helpful comments. Um, I think that the issues that we, I feel strongly about are those which have been mentioned before about pollution and the environment. And I hear the, what Professor Bennett Fala has said from the WHO. Um, their uh, guidelines were published in October 2018, which I imagine therefore were not considered at the time of the, um, the Section 106 was um, uh, fin finalised. Um, he particularly, the WHO particularly mentions the effect of um, noise on children's learning. It also mentions, which is very pertinent to Stansted Airport, the effects of noise on night, from night flights in particular on ischemic heart disease, stroke, heart failure um, in particular. Um, I think those are very important and I think they are new. They would not have been considered before. The other, other particular um, consideration which we have heard very little of, again, although it's mentioned, is climate change. And as everybody in this room knows, since last November, we have a national climate change emergency having been declared. So I think these are all pertinent uh, to the motion tonight. And I would also say that the WHO says in conclusion that health and well-being should be paramount in all of decisions which we made such as these. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Taylor. <laughs> Apart from the seconder, anybody else? Councillor Light. Councillor Light. Thank you. Um, I have to say that I agree with uh, what um, Councillor Taylor has just said. He is, of course, a GP, so has a significant experience in the matter of health. Um, also, I'd like to point out that it was passed into law the, about the climate change that uh, Theresa May uh, declared uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was passed into law, I believe, yesterday. And that is definitely a material change. I'd like to make another point, though, and a political point this. Uh, despite the um, attempts to paint this as a political um, process, it is not. Because... We listen, we listened before, and we are still listening to what residents are saying and to what parish councils are saying, and they have spoken against the uh, current expansion of Stansted Airport for the, and I, I concur with everything that has been said for those reasons given, I will not repeat them here. 
it is really important that the planning committee has the opportunity to look again and to consider those material considerations. So I will be voting in favour of the amendment. And a final point, I would say that we have received advice, but I felt that the advice was not actually as independent as it should be. It was, uh, I feel, rather biased in favour of uh, extending and accepting what the planning committee had agreed. And anyone who sat through the planning committee and all the hearings in November will know that that was a highly flawed process. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Knight. Councillor Lees. No, please go. Councillor Lees, please talk. You've been very patient. The, the trouble with uh, going last, of course, is that other people uh, say what you wanted to say. I have to say, right from the start, and I've been coming here a long time, um, and what I always hope is that everybody listens to the public, and you've all heard me say that before, and last time I got quite emotional because people aren't listening. We want to be a little bit different. We have said that we would listen, and we are listening. And so, you know, in this chamber... I would like to refrain from political sniping if we can, because we are all working together as a district. The fact that you disagree is fine, but I would really take umbrage that we have not used this as a political football. Absolutely not. What happened has happened here, isn't it, is there have been changes. As everybody has said, I won't reiterate. So therefore, we want to do it differently. We want to listen and also remember that planning is a quasi-judicial process. That means any new material changes in external circumstances must be taken into account before any final decision is, is made. That has no political aspirations from my point or any of us here. It's doing the right thing as what Paul Fair has said beforehand. He stood up and put his motion to do the right thing and that is what we will do. Thank you, Councillor Leeds. Two points of information from the Chair. Uh, one is that uh, all councillors in this chamber are here to do a job. They were elected to do a job and that is why we are here. It doesn't actually matter for this purpose what the political colour is. And that is particularly true of the quasi-judicial functions, which are the planning committee and which are the licensing committee. I'm a member of the planning committee. It is apolitical, or at least it should be. Uh, if others choose to make it differently, that's their affair. The other point uh, from the chair that I would make is that it's not for us to second-guess the next movements of the applicant. We are here to consider the case in hand. And the case in hand are the matters put for this extraordinary council this evening. It's not for us to... There are, there are consequences to every decision that we make, always. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any point in making them. Uh, and some can be good, some can be bad. But we're here to consider the motion and the amendment to the motion. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Yes, I think probably most members here know my thoughts on the 106 agreement. Um, we may not have been here if I hadn't originally signed the um, calling. But um, I've thought long and hard, and my, I, I thought that the 106 agreement should go back to the planning committee for consideration. I won't go into why, but it should. But since then, and probably only in the last few days, I do believe there have been material changes, um, particularly on, on health 
And even today in the Times, um, there's a, almost a whole page on the exhaust fumes coming out of aircraft. And it's quite interesting reading. So I'm afraid I have been persuaded that there are material changes and I think I will support the amendment. Thank you, Councillor Lemon. Uh, Councillor um, Dean, thank you. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. That's all right, Mr. Chairman. Thank you very much. Uh, as um, one of the uh, members, well, in fact, the member who drafted the original uh, motion, which failed at the end of April, I'm pleased that uh, the subject has uh, come back to Council again. I, I did have some initial concerns about the amendment because I feared that um, there was a risk that the, the, the proposal was going to open up the whole debate uh, yet again. Uh, and I would, by the way, when I finish speaking, like some comment from officers about how they see this uh, process going forward. Um, however, the fact that it uses the words... Um, I've lost it now, the, um, material considerations, and, and that, that's the key thing. You know, it reminds me of uh, information that I've received uh, this month, really that, that it, we must, the, the, the planning committee, and we was, must focus on weighty planning reasons. And I think provided everybody is aware of that, then we, we might avoid wandering off into little nice things that we'd all like to do, but you know, we can't change. So, so I think on the, on the basis that, uh, that we're asking the planning committee to look at the significant matters awaiting things where there are, there are real um, weighty planning reasons for reviewing it, I, I'm, I'm content and pleased with the, um, the amendment. Um, what, all I would ask is that both officers and members work together closely, immediately, to try and get this process dealt with in a, an, an effective and quick manner because we don't want to be hanging around until the autumn uh, before this matter is uh, put to bed. I've, I have heard suggestions that that might be necessary and I'd, I'd like some comment on that um, because I think, I think it's important that one, that the applicant isn't kept hanging around for too long. I do hope, and I heard Mr Twigg speak earlier and I respect his uh, position as the representative of the applicant. What I'd like to see this council do is establish um, a more mature relationship with the airport from now on and that means working together where we can but clearly obviously having differences from time to time. Uh, I, I understand that, that the, the applicant could by the end of July, which is uh, one month away, um, go to appeal on non-determination. So I urge everybody involved to try and get, well not to try, but to actually get this going and to deal with it, one effectively, one thoroughly, but expeditiously. Uh, so on that basis I, I will support the, the amendment on the table tonight, or this afternoon, we're still not in tonight, uh, unusually. Um, and uh, thank those for, who did put, for putting it forward. Uh, Councillor Gregory and then Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. 
Um, I listened to the eloquent speech by Councillor Fairhurst and I will be voting in support of his amendment. This is a job for planning committee. It needs to be referred back. The copious documentation we received shows the lack of clarity and the confusion over this matter. And this overriding question of mitigation can only be settled by planning committee. We've heard much about reasonableness in the documentation. Wednesbury reasonableness, the ordinary meaning of reasonableness. I'm much moved by the remarks the Chief Executive made at our induction meeting only a few weeks ago where she said that UDC is the only body having an overriding duty of care to this community. And it would be improper if we were not to exercise that duty of care and ensure that the mitigation has been carried out properly. We members have that duty and it is bestowed upon planning committee and should be referred back to them. And there are frankly many matters in the mitigation which cause me concern. Um, as with all other members of this body, Ken O'Toole wrote to each of us about the wonderful things that Stansted Airport did. I wrote back to Mr O'Toole asking for some comments on mitigation. He didn't reply to me, so I did a little bit of my own due diligence. I note from the Remuneration Committee report of Manchester Airport's group that the board remuneration for Manchester Airport's group for half of a year, or a little more than half of a year, exceeds the total value over 10 years of the mitigation that is proposed for this community. So, 10 directors as opposed to 85,000 residents, um, they appear to be for the few, not the many, to misquote a rather senior politician. Can I suggest out with this meeting that Councillor Lodge may care to approach Councillor Blundell of Rochdale Council, who is a Labour member and the Labour Cabinet member, and the non-executive director on the board of Manchester Airport's group, to raise some interesting questions about Manchester Airport's group's approach to local authorities. I also note that there's a 64.5% shareholding in Manchester Airport's group from a number of northwestern local authorities. Perhaps you might also care to raise those issues with fellow <coughs> leaders of the council. Those comments are irrelevant to the point here, but speak to the character of the organisation with which we are dealing. Notwithstanding that, I support Councillor Fairhurst's amendment on the basis that it is right and proper that this is given proper consideration by the duly authorised body, Planning Committee, because to date it has not been done so. Thank you. I'm going to ask Councillor Barker and then Councillor Jarrard to uh, speak, unless there are any other speakers. Uh, Councillor Barker, please. No, no, you've spoken once already. Councillor Barker. Chairman, last November the Planning Committee did give permission on the Chairman's casting vote. Um, I think they all did it with a heavy heart. Um, at that meeting, my understanding is they did not ask for the Section 106 to come back to committee. Um, and that is something that has only recently raised up. I live under the flight path. It's horrible. The planes fly in a total straight line. They're all on the same line. And if this goes through, there'll be more over my house. But I chose to live within 10 miles of an airport. But my main concern is, yes, it's sordid, but it's a financial situation this council may find itself in. If this goes back to the planning committee and they refuse the application, it will go to appeal. 
and that appeal will almost certainly be won. There is no government of any political colour in this country, except possibly the Greens if we can get them voted in, that is going to not allow maximum use of runways in the southeast of England. You know, we've been arguing about another runway forever. Heathrow doesn't want it, Gatwick doesn't want it. They are going to make maximum use of all the runways in Gist. And I'm afraid that is going to be the story here, by hook or by crook. Yes, there are new WHO guidelines, but people in this room have been speaking as if, by taking this back to committee, by perhaps changing the decision, that we're going to stop Manchester Airport Group. We are not. I don't know what they're on now, 28 million? They've still got permission to go to 35 million. They're not going to take the airports out of the sky because of decisions we make here today. So with a heavy heart, I cannot support this. Thank you, Councillor Barker. It does occur to me that the airport is nowhere near its allowed ceilings at the moment. And therefore, on a personal level, I wonder why it wants to have an even higher ceiling. Uh, but that's not for this evening. Uh, if there are no other speakers... Yes, there is another speaker. Councillor Lemon, please. Yes, thank you, Chair. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to sort of prolong the process, but I do feel Councillor Dean's, Councillor Dean's point of we if this is referred back, we do need to move, I don't say, I think perhaps swiftly is the wrong word, but we need to look in depth, but we don't need to drag it out. We need to move on fairly quickly, um, not only for our sakes, but also for, uh, uh, for the airport's sake. They, they need to know what decisions are going to be made. And uh, so can, I have a, can we have a guarantee that this will be put given priority, if you like, and, and move forward... We're, as, as we're not in the position to offer guarantees here. We're debating a motion, and then we shall vote upon that motion. Uh, as at the Chairman's discretion, I allow you to speak again. Councillor Gerard, will you please uh, sum up, perhaps, or at least uh, use your five minutes to whatever advantage you wish? Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I'm speaking as the seconder of the uh, amendment... Uh, that you heard Councillor Fairhurst uh, present earlier on. Um, and I'm absolutely not speaking on behalf of any political party. I'm speaking on behalf of myself. I am a member of the Planning Committee. I was a member of the Planning Committee that heard this on the 14th of November last year. And I lived and breathed this application for many, many months. And as many of you who know me, some know me better than others, I always try and remain open to all sides of the argument, and I remain open always. Um, we, as councillors, are here to be decision takers. That's our role, that's our job. I may have said it before in the past, but our job is to represent all the residents of this district. The officers have their job, and that is to give us advice and to make recommendations. But it is for us to take that upon ourselves as councillors and make decisions. We're here only to discuss one thing right now, and that is the amendment to a motion. We're not here to discuss anything else. We haven't got enough time to do that. We'll be here way past next month if we actually carried on talking about this. We're only here for a, a, a few more minutes. There are issues that 
new issues that have been raised and we as a council have a quasi-judicial body called the Planning Committee that is trained to weigh up matters of planning. And before us at the moment, we have an open planning application. It hasn't been determined. It's still open. There was a decision taken on the 14th of November. That decision has not been ratified by a decision notice. There is a Section 106 agreement that has been drafted and redrafted and as at the moment, as far as I'm aware, I haven't had a final copy of that either. So we have an open planning application. So we're here just to discuss the amendment to the original motion and I was a signatory to Councillor Dean's first motion, to Councillor Lodge's second motion and to this amendment to Councillor Lodge's motion. And we have the co-signatories worked very hard and making sure that the wording was very carefully worded so that we did act as timely as possible. The wording is that the planning committee would consider in detail as timely as possible. It's really important that we do not dither. This is important. It could have been a, national, a nationally significant application to be heard by the Secretary of State, by government. It was put in just below the threshold and it falls upon us, little UDC, with 85,000 residents and 39 councillors to deal with it. So it could have been national, but it's not. It's, it's big, it's important, and there are ramifications that go way beyond this hall, this building, and this district. Ramifications upon other districts, other counties, dare I say it, other countries, and possibly other continents. You know, we're dealing with something that is leaving our district, potentially, and having effects elsewhere. So, I think that the the matter is serious enough to warrant this debate, this discussion, warrant the amendment to a motion that, in my opinion, is now superfluous. And this amendment to the motion is a much uh, better um, way of handling this matter because we have a professionally, apologies, we have a planning committee that is trained by professionally trained planners and officers who understand these matters and that's why we have a planning committee. Otherwise, why have one? Let's just become the planning committee. But we don't have, we have a planning committee. You're on five minutes now, thank Mr. you. Mr Chairman, I apologise. As second, I believe I have a little bit of leeway, but at your discretion, sir. So, all I want to say is that basically we are here to follow procedure and we do have procedure and the procedures are that in planning matters we refer these matters to planning committee because there's a matter of sustainability here and matters ha are, have arisen that maybe question matters of sustainability. Now sustainability for those who are not aware is a key consideration in planning matters, economic factors, social factors 
and environmental factors make up sustainability. And there are clearly economic factors we've heard of. Councillor Gerard, I'm aware that we've been debating this for the best part of an hour now. I'd like to move on to a vote. I I will conclude then, sir. I'm very, very happy and very proud to be here to second the amendment and I urge my fellow councillors to vote for the amendment. Thank you very much. Councillor Lodge, do you wish to make any comments or do you wish to speak at this point? If not, I should go to the vote. No, I don't want to make, make any further comments. I'm happy to go to the vote on that. Yeah. So we're now going to vote on the amendment, which is quite wordy. That's partly because it has to be. But essentially, it's to ask the planning committee to determine the authorisation of the issue of the planning decision notice on the matter that was discussed. Sorry, a point of order, please, sir. It is not the amendment. Excuse me, we've been debating the amendment. If the amendment is passed, it becomes a substantive motion. That is the procedure I am advised. Uh, Mr Pugh, would you like to advise us on this? Yes, the Council is debating an amendment. It will take a vote on the amendment. If the amendment is passed, it will become a substantive motion. There is then the opportunity, if members wish, for further debate, following which uh, there will be a final vote. In which case we need to know precisely what the amendment is. Can somebody... The amendment is set out on the agenda. So, I propose to move to a vote, unless anybody has any further points, uh, points of order. So, I shall ask for a recorded vote, please. I I shall therefore... Uh, read out the name of each councillor and I shall ask you to indicate whether you are voting for or against or abstaining. Uh, I've tried to cross out the names of councillors who aren't here. If I read out the names of councillors who aren't here, nonetheless, please put me right. If I've crossed anybody out who is actually here again, please shout. Uh, The first councillor on the list asking for, against or abstain is Councillor Armstrong. How, how are you voting, Councillor? Sorry? For, against, or abstain? I'm for the motion. For? Yes. Okay. Councillor Asker? He's not here. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? I'm for the amendment. Councillor Barker? Abstain. Councillor Coote? For the amendment. Councillor Cristioni? Against. Councillor Day? For. Councillor Devry? For the amendment. Councillor Dean? For. Councillor Driscoll? By no. Councillor Evans? For the motion. Councillor Fairhurst? For. Councillor Foley? For. Councillor Freeman? For the amendment. Councillor Gerard? For. Councillor Gregory? For. Councillor Hargreaves? Is not here. Councillor Isham? For. Councillor Jones? For. Councillor Khan? I'm for. Councillor Lavelle? For. Councillor Count? For. Councillor Lee? For. 
Councillor Lemon? Four. Councillor Light? Four. Councillor Lodge? Four. Councillor Luck? Four. Councillor Pavitt? Four. Councillor Pepper? Four. Councillor Storer? Four. Councillor Sutton? Four. Councillor Taylor? Well, um, we, we'll count up the numbers, but uh, it's quite clear that it's everybody four apart from one abstention and one vote against. So clearly carried. Thank you very much. Thank you. Excellent. Um, so that means that the amendment becomes a substantive motion. We have... I understand why newsreaders have these little earphones so people can shout at them. I would like to have a computer that actually writes it in front of me as well. They have that too. Uh, I am informed, according to standing orders uh, and the voice in my ear, uh, that uh, the amendment now becomes a substantive motion and we have to vote again to actually say that that's fine and we uh, vote on the substantive motion, which is the amendment for which we have just voted in favour. So I'm going to ask for, I think, another... Uh, can you just do a show of hands? I think we can, I need guidance on this. We can either do a, a recorded vote again, I'm sorry about this, or we can just do it on a show of hands. What, what, is, your, what is your advice? You might want to short circuit this by just asking if anybody's intending to vote any different next time around and then uh, take a show of hands. So, basically, is there anybody that feels they would vote differently this time around? It's basically on exactly the same thing, but procedure requires us to do that. Show of hands, please, in favour of the substantive, which is the amendment. All right, there we are. Okay. For the members of the public, that was a short meeting. Uh, uh, Can I remind members that they need, excuse me, excuse me, can I remind members that they should stay where they are uh, because we have a small amount of business to transact which is also council business. The public can uh, obviously leave.